This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. The 1933 World's Fair in Chicago began with a beam of light. You see, 40 years before 1893 at the World's Fair in Chicago, a telescope was aimed at the uh, star Arcturus, and for 40 years there was a beam of light that traveled through space, and in 1933, that beam of light entered into a photocell that produced electricity that opened the gates and turned on the lights of the 1933 World's Fair. Today, we're going to be talking about how to keep your light burning. Please stay tuned today. This is a very, very important message for us to hear today. Now, I'm Billy Lambert. I'm the speaker on Getting to Know Your Bible, and I want to welcome you to our telecast today. We possibly have those watching for the very first time and want to thank you for tuning in. Tell someone else about the program. And we, today we are offering a free Bible correspondence course. And I emphasize the fact that it is free. There's no charge at all. And we want you to have it in order that you might know more about the course, how you can receive the course. We're going to pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, 15, and 16, listen to what Jesus said. You're the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth a light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Just as the 1933 World's Fair began with a beam of light that would travel for 40 years through space to open up the gates of the 1933 World's Fair, Almost 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ flashed His light into the world. In Malachi chapter 4 and verse number 2, there the prophet said, The Son of Righteousness would arise with healing in His wings. 
The word son is spelled S-U-N. Jesus is referred to there as the S-U-N, the son of righteousness. In John chapter 9 and verse 5, Jesus said, As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. I want you to think about the sun that is in our heavens. And th think about the fact that the sun rises gradually every day. Jesus Christ arose gradually in prophecy, in his personal ministry. Jesus Christ arose gradually. The sun is the center of our solar system. Jesus ought to be the center of our lives. He was Paul's when he wrote in Philippians 1.21, For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. The sun gives life to the earth. We could not ex exist on this earth without the sun giving us light. Jesus Christ is our life. In Colossians 3, 4, Paul wrote, And when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. The sun is the prominent body in the heavens, and Jesus Christ is a very preeminent character in all the Bible. As a matter of fact, he is the most preeminent one of all. And the sun Sometimes he is hidden uh, by clouds. It is uh, uh, clouds get in front of the sun. We're not able to see it. We say, you, say, you know, we're having kind of an overcast day. And sometimes Jesus and his light that he sheds forth is hidden by clouds. Sometimes it is the cloud of unbelief. Sometimes it is the cloud of misrepresentation. Sometimes it is the cloud that is produced by those who claim to be his children, but they're not letting their light shine. The sun of righteousness, the sun in the heavens illuminates all the luminaries, and Jesus Christ is the light of the world. Uh, I, the, the sun gives light to the moon. And just as the sun gives light to the moon, and the moon is the reflection of the light of the sun, we are to be a reflection of the light of Jesus Christ, the Son of Righteousness. We're to let our light shine. Listen to Jesus again. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. In Jesus' day, the world was in spiritual darkness. Rome had uh, uh, developed law to a high degree. They had a unified government, but the world was in darkness. Greece had developed human intellect to, a, to an art. They had men like Plato and Socrates and Aristotle who were brilliant thinkers, but the world was in darkness. And then Jerusalem had honed a sharp edge on a system of law. 
But when Jesus came into the world, the world was in spiritual darkness. It was spiritual midnight when Jesus Christ came. Now I want you to think about this with me, please. Our age is as dark as any age or any other age. Over in the book of Ephesians, the sixth chapter of Ephesians, and beginning in verse number 10, he said, Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Listen to him now. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers. Listen to this phrase. Against the rulers of the darkness of this world. The rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. We're living in a dark day. That is, we're living at a time that's filled with spiritual wickedness. We're encouraged in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 11 not to make fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. There's darkness out there, spiritual darkness, and it's a deep darkness. But have you ever wondered why? You know, Jesus in John 3, 19 said that men love darkness because their deeds are evil. Have you ever wondered why we have street lights? And why people have light all around their home? I know we put up lights all around our house that, that if there's movement outside, their motion lights, they'll come on if there's someone out there. It's because there's a danger of darkness. Men love darkness because they can conceal their evil deeds in the darkness. And our world is in spiritual darkness today and it seems as though the darkness is deeper and the gloom is deeper than ever. And here is the reason that there is so much spiritual darkness. Men or mankind is moving away from the light. Think about it. The farther you get away from the light, the deeper the darkness. Now, 1 John chapter 1 and verse 5 says that God is light. James 1.17 refers to Him as being the Father of lights, meaning that He is the source of all light. And so when you get away from God, you get away from the light. Maybe that's the reason hell is described as a place, and one of the ways is described at least as a place of darkness, outer darkness, complete darkness. Because it is the place furthest removed from the presence of God. When you take God out, you take out the light. And so we are farther from God than, than we ought to be. And the farther you get away from God, the deeper the darkness. With all kindness and candor, I must say, to be true to myself and true to my God, that, that we have darkness in our world. In Romans, the first chapter, 
Paul is writing about God and writing about the way that people feel about God. And he, and he writes in verse 20 to 20, 21, 22, that the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Even His eternal power in Godhead, so that they're without excuse. For when they knew Him as God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imagination, and their foolish heart was darkened. Darkened. Why? Because they got away from God. They turned their back upon God. They became too smart, they thought, for God. They, they became so highly intellectual, they did not, did not need God. Verse 22 says, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. You see, when people feel that they don't need God anymore, and they turn their back up on God, well, then they enter into the darkness. In the 18th verse of Romans chapter 1, Paul said, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all unrighteousness and ungodliness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Now, what does it mean to hold the truth? Some translations read, suppress. That is, there are those that rather than believing the truth of God, they reject His truth. They suppress His truth. They do not believe His truth. They believe their stories. They believe their ideas. They believe their uh, theories rather than the truth of God. And when an individual rejects the truth of God, suppresses the truth of God, they've rejected God and they enter into spiritual darkness. And spiritual darkness is all around us today. And that's the reason, like Jesus said, we need to turn on our lights. Do you have your lights burning? Are your lights burning today? Are you doing everything you can to put out the darkness that is in our world today? And there are so many false lights today. The false lights that try to tell us that what they're doing illuminates us. It, 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 they're, they're telling us things that would try to make us intelligent and wise. For example... There is the false light of atheism. There's no light in atheism. What, what are you going to read at the death of an atheist? Darwin's Origin of the Species? There's no hope in that. You see, there's no light. That's a dark light. A dark light. There's the light of evolution. Is that a light that would enlighten you and make you a better person and prepare you for eternity? To tell you that you came from some lower form of life or that you just happened? Well, the Bible says, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. You're going to have to reject the light, to reject God to believe in the false lights. There's the light of materialism. Some think that the sum and total of life is to, to gather together all that you can of, of this earth's goods. But our Lord said in Luke 12, 15, 
take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things that he possesseth. There are people all around us that are hurrying and scurrying, trying to do everything they can to amass fortunes. Is there anything wrong with working and being paid for that work? Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, it's a sin to not work if you're able to work. If a person is able to work and refuses to work, the Bible describes that as being a sin. And so we ought to work for our living. But if the only thing you're focused on, the only thing that concerns you is how much you can amass of this world's goods, guess whose that will be one day? It will belong to another. You see, that's leaving, that's a false light. You see, there are all kinds of false lights around us. There's, there's a philosophical ideas that people have, all kinds of ideas that people have. They think will enlighten you, but we need to get back to the light, to Jesus Christ, who is indeed the light of the world. And so we need to reflect that light. Now, I mentioned earlier, and I used the, the sun and the moon as an example of our relationship to Jesus. Now, the sun gives off light. And the moon receives light from the sun. And the moon reflects light from the sun. And Jesus Christ is the son of righteousness. Malachi chapter 4 and verse 2 reads, Now we are to be little moons, like a little moon reflecting the light of Jesus. Have you ever just sat down, you know, maybe the family's sitting down together eating your meal and you, you, you began to talk about the current events and things that you've seen on television, things that you've heard from others, things you maybe even read in the newspaper and you say, what in the world can we do to make the world better? Well, what can we do to make the world in which we live a better place for our children, our grandchildren? Ha ha have you ever considered the fact that, that, it, that it could start right with you? A number of years ago, there was a woman that wrote a track entitled, A Better World Begins With Me. And I believe that's true. A better world begins with me. And a better world begin, begins with me when I reflect the light of Jesus. You say, well, what in the world does that mean? What does light do? Well, light does a number of things. Light illuminates. Light, light shows the way. Uh, light is a guide. Light can be a, a, a warning. That's the reason we have what we call stop lights. To cause you to stop, it's a warning. Turns green, you go. So those are different, those are different reasons for light. And lights can lead us and guide us. I read about a doctor who was called out into a snowstorm late one night. And it was a blinding snowstorm. And he called the first house along the way. He was to deliver a baby that night. And he called the first house along the way and told them to turn on the front porch light so that he could see where to go. 
And he said, tell the next house to turn on their light. Have them to tell the next house. And on and on, all the way down to the place where he needed to go. And it was by falling the lights that were lit and burning in that driving snowstorm that he was able to find his way to the house where the baby was to be born. Folks, people are in a storm today. This old world is a storm, isn't it? And we can guide them and help them and, and direct them by turning on our lights. Is your light burning? Is it burning brightly? Have you turned on the light? Now don't let something cause you to hide your light. Go, go back to what Jesus says here in Matthew chapter 5. He said, You're the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. If your light is burning, somebody's going to see it. He says, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. You can hide your light. You can hide your Christian light by being lukewarm. You can hide your Christian light by just being timid, that is, having a lack of faith. You can hide your light by being unfaithful. You can hide your light in a number of ways. By getting involved in the world again, you hide your light. Don't put out your light. Don't, put a, don't hide your light. Let people see your light and let your light be burning brightly. You see, letting our light shine gets into the realm of our influence, doesn't it? There's not a person watching right now, father, mother, son, daughter, grandfather, grandmother, aunts, uncles, and cousins. All of us have influence. A lot of things we don't have, and we can make a long list of those, could we not? But one thing we do, all of us have influence on other people. And the way we influence them for good, letting your light shine. Keep your light burning brightly. Don't ever let your light go out. Influence is such a powerful, powerful thing indeed. We influence our children. And, and we must show our children the way that they ought to go. It's not enough to tell them. I, I've known of parents that would put their children in a car on Sunday morning. And they, they'd bring them to Sunday school. And they'd open the door and tell them to get out. And they said, I'll come back and get you just as soon as Sunday school is over. No, don't do it that way. That's the way you're doing it. Don't do it that way. You go with them. Don't send them. Go with them. Take them to Sunday school. You go with them. You go to, no, no doubt you'll have a class that you can attend. And so we show our, we show our light to be bright, bright and shining by the example we set before other people. We need to let our light shine for our children today. There are people in your neighborhood that are watching you. Did you know that? They're watching you, see what you're doing. Oh, they know you get up and go to church every Sunday morning. I've, I heard of this happening. This literally happened. So, some neighbors had been watching this family get up and go to service every morning. Every Sunday. Just as soon as Sunday rolled around, there's a certain time they'd back out of their driveway. And one Sunday morning... The neighbors looked out and they said, Whoa, it snowed last night. They won't go today. But then they looked out and there they saw their neighbors. 
They, they, they had on some boots. They, they wrapped up in warm clothes. And they had their Bibles in their hands and they're walking down the sidewalk on their way to church. And those neighbors said, we just can't stand it. We've got to know what there is about that church they're attending that's so important, that's so wonderful and great that would make them get out on a day like today and walk to church. Guess what? Those neighbors started going with them eventually. You see, that's the power of letting your light shine. People are watching you. I learned that a number of years ago by visiting a hospital. And in this particular hospital, when you'd come in the front door, there was a camera. And everybody in every room, if they had it on the right channel, could see you when you come in the front door. Well, I happened to be in a room visiting someone, and there was a young woman who was a nurse in the hospital that came in the door, and I saw her. So I remarked to her when I saw her on Sunday, I, I said, I saw you the other day at the hospital. I saw you on camera. You know what she said to me? She said, <laughs> she said, I saw you too. You said, we can't hide. People are watching us. And your children are watching you. Mother and daddy, they're watching you. Please let you, give them a good influence. Let your light shine before your children. Be a Christian. I mean really, a real Christian. Let me urge you to become one if you're not one by accepting Jesus, by having faith in Him, by turning away from sin in your life, by confessing your faith in Him, by being baptized. Not because Brother Lambert says so, but because Jesus says so in Mark 16, 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. I want to thank you for watching today. Please keep your light burning. Those that win in the end are those that cross the finish line with their lamp burning brightly. And I want to thank you for watching today. You have a personal invitation from me to visit the Church of Christ right there in your community. If you don't know where it's located, get in touch with us. We'll find it for you. And pick, pick up the phone now and call, please, for the Bible Correspondence Course. Do that right now. And also you can take the course online if you choose. Many do. We, we want to thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you is our prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at gettingtoknowyourbible at yahoo.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible. 
P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.